If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. <clears throat> this is the words of our Lord. I am. Notice, I is capital, of course. A-M is capitalized. I am. Let me tell you something. I am is all I need. Regardless of where I am or what's coming my way. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman, the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch that is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire that they may burn. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Father, in the name of Jesus, Touch our hearts that we might understand and know what purging is all about. Speak through us, God, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I lived at home for 24 years, or I was 24 years from when I left home. And I left because I wanted to. I didn't leave because I had to. My daddy didn't say, hey, it's time that you got somewhere to live, don't you think? No, sir. My daddy never told me that, not one time. My mother fixed meals, and she did a wonderful job. And she prepared our clothes. She kept house. She worked publicly. But I was able to live at home 24 years before I left home. One of my jobs, one of my main jobs, of course, in the uh, uh, spring and, and all summer and the early fall was to keep the yards. It was my responsibility without being asked to do it cut the grass, trim the shrubbery, rake the leaves, cut firewood, keep the kindling box full. Hey, did you get paid? Yes, I did. I had plenty to eat, and I had plenty of clothes to wear, and I had a good bed to sleep in. That was my pay. Hello? Youngins today say, well, what's my allowance? Well, if you don't get the job done, I'm going to show you what the allowance is, Okay? And it won't be in the form of money. Now, I don't have a problem with you giving youngins money. Hey, but they need to know where it comes from and how you get it. Earn what you give them. It's okay. Hey, I, I, I award my grandyoungins. I award them. I tell them in advance. Now, if you do this and this, granddaddy's going to do this. Okay, and stand by what you tell them. But it's okay to work. The Bible says if you don't work, you shall not eat. And I love to eat. My mother loved shrubbery. It didn't do nothing but create trouble for the grass cutter. I was always happy when she said, don't you think it's time we, we uh, prune the shrubbery? Boy, I loved it. I wanted to whack it down. 
There was one old bush, and if I'm not wrong, it's called a pyracanther bush. Now, if I'm saying it wrong, okay, but you know what it is. It has beautiful red berries. But if you ain't careful, them thorns that run out there an inch and a half or two inches long will gig you, and you will hurt next week. I was always so glad when she said, it's time to trim that old bush. Because every time I'd cut grass, I'd have to slow up, stop, lift up the bush, go under it, and let it down to keep from it just tearing the hide off of you. And Mama bought these big old heavy-duty shears. And I, honestly, I, God knows my heart. I tried to kill it. <laughs> I really did. Mama never said how, how much to cut off of it. So every time I'd cut, you could see where I cut last time, and I'd move on up on it, you know. I'm not teasing. I bet the thing was 10 foot tall, sitting in the corner of our house. We lived in a, a, a concrete block house, and it sat in the corner right by the den window. You know, I, you look out there when it's a pouring snow and spit and sleet, ooh, soak it down. But hey, that sucker come back, and when the pruning time come, I promise you I forever more worked on it. Never did kill it. I noticed the other day, I'm out rambling around on our place, and I noticed the other day there's one of them suckers has come up on the place. I did not set it out. Bible said, be sure your sins will find you out. And the, it has showed up. But I've got to get rid of that thing. And you've got to be careful. I mean, where you pile the brush because it's flat tire city if you go back through there. And I, we always had a burn pile, you know, to get rid of that stuff. But, but cutting shrubbery, I mean, that was one job I didn't look forward to except for that pyracanther bush. You know, if he could talk, I guarantee he'd say, oh, me, here he comes. <laughs> hey, I'd done it while Mama was at work, okay? Got the shrubbery trim, Mama. Yeah, okay, looks good. She never complained. Because I tried to kill it. She didn't know I was trying to kill it. I mean, I didn't tell her that. Well, when you look in the scripture right here, I want you to understand the word purge simply means to prune. Okay? It means to prune. What do you prune for? So it'll do better. It's amazing what pruning does. So what I want you to think about this morning is cooperation in pruning. I want you to listen. I want you to listen carefully. If you need to write, you need to write, uh, write it down. Because the first thing I want to talk about is the process of pruning. I'm not going to read these verses all over again, but verses 1 through 4 talks about the process of pruning. Now, when we think about that process, uh, let me tell you something. God uses people to prune us. Okay, we're not talking about shrubbery now. We're talking about people. We're talking about purging people. We're talking about being purged. So we'll bring forth more fruit and better fruit and stronger fruit and be alive when it's all said and done and not run out mad. Okay, there's a difference in taking pruning and then getting mad over pruning. Do you understand? I want you to listen now. God uses people to prune us. Now, this includes all the ugly stuff that people will say to you and me. That's part of the pruning process. Do you don't think God knows it's coming? Hey, all the ugly things that might be said against us, whether in our presence or behind our back, 
Don't you just love it when somebody says, I hate to tell you what somebody said about you. Well, don't tell me then. Don't even bring it up if you hate to do it. <laughs> or you heard somebody say, I know you're not going to like this. Well, why you want to do it? I mean, that's like me walking up to that bush saying, okay, I, I know you ain't going to like this, but I'm fixing to cut your whole arm off right here, you know. We do that to people. I don't understand us sometimes. We, 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 we have such cruel ways of letting people know we don't like what they do. I done lost count, and basically I've quit opening them. Letters with no return address. Letters, if you do open it up, and they forgot who they were because they didn't sign it. Now, if you have that in mind sometime, I would a whole lot rather you on a Sunday morning to fill out a care card and say, Kenny, I desperately need to talk to you. Hey, I'll call you. I'll meet you. Whatever. Now, you know, you used to run into your neighbor and say, well, if, I, if I catch him out, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell him. Well, what are you going to tell them for? You're going to tell them what you're going to tell me, and they're going to tell somebody else what they thought they heard, and it's a bunch of bull. Okay. One particular week, I got a letter. No return address, no signature. I opened it up, and good gracious a lie. Well, I thought, okay, enough's enough. I stood up that Sunday. I had the letter in my hand. And I said, one of you have written me a letter this week, and evidently you don't know who you are or forgot to sign the letter. I've got it right here. I laid it on the communion table. I said, you can pick this up after service. I don't think I ever got another one. Now, there's such a thing as analyzing handwriting. <laughs> you know, there's such a thing as fingerprinting. Envelopes. And whatever, the DNA <laughs> licking across that thing, you know. Just <laughs> slobber across there and seal it up, you know. People funny, ain't they? They are funny how they do things. And listen, it'd be a whole lot better if we just say, Kenny, I need to talk to you. Or if I say, call your name, say, I need to talk to you. And just sit down one-on-one -on -one and say, look, here's what I don't like. Here's where you've hurt me. And, and get it out and talk about it and ask for forgiveness and get on with the program. Hello? Because every time I cut that old bush down, it got on with the program of putting out new shoots, and here they come. That's the way we need to be. Let me tell you, the process of pruning, uh, God uses people to do it. Now, these are often, I didn't say all the time, these are often people who've never been pruned themselves. <laughs> they know how to prune Buddy, you start pruning on them and you have messed up. They can prune, but they can't take pruning. So God uses people. He not only uses people uh, when, it, when the time comes to process of pruning, but he uses problems to prune us. Okay? Not only people, but problems. And I thought about those problems. Sometimes I bring them on myself. Okay? Sometimes we bring those problems on ourselves. Sometimes they are beyond our control. 
And so we got to learn to deal with it. Because, listen, problems are going to come. You mark it down. Problems are going to come. Mr. Roy Kendrick gave me a fig bush. It was about 12 inches tall. He brought it down to the house. We discussed where to put it. He picked out the place. We dug a nice hole with post hole diggers, put some tender, loving care stuff all in the, in the hole, and set the bush down in there. And the first year, I mean, hey, it put on leaves. Oh, so pretty. Well, somehow, we had such a hard winter. I mean, it, hey, it died. I mean, it killed it graveyard dead. Well, I thought, well, maybe, maybe somewhere down there in that root system, somewhere in the root system, it might still be living. Well, it came out last year. It did fair. I pruned it back a little. This year, listen, I'm not exaggerating, it is 10 foot tall, Mr. Roy, and loaded down with figs. Pruned it. Whacked on it. Not trying to kill it. I was trying to hit it. You know, cut out all the dead stuff. Miss Louise Collins gave me a peach tree. Same thing. I thought it was going to die, and I went to cutting on it and whacking on it. This year, for the first time, Miss Louise had peaches on it. Pruning. Hey, problems, people. Same way with us. Listen, sometimes, listen. The reason some of us aren't growing spiritually is we ain't being pruned. I mean, that's what Jesus said. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he, what does it say? What does your Bible say? Huh? Come on. I'm not understanding. Get rid of it. Prune, purge it. Clip it back a little bit. It's not going to hurt anything. God's designed that thing to operate that way. He has designed us, listen, to take pruning. But some of us can't handle it. So next time you come to prune me, I'm just going to let you prune me, okay? I'm not beyond pruning. It's for growth. It's to help us to advance in the kingdom of God. So God uses people. He uses problems. But I'll tell you something else he uses in the process. And that's pressures. Oh, man, we don't like pressures, do we? <laughs> pressure. Runs the blood pressure up. Gets our nerves tore up. I tease people sometimes. They say, you all right? I said, no, my nerves are tore all pieces. <laughs> they say, what's the matter? I said, nothing. You know, nothing can disturb us sometimes. Nothing. You know, you catch a young and doing something and say, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Nothing. I ain't doing nothing. Or get caught up in something. How'd you get in prison? How'd you get in jail? I wasn't doing nothing. My, his crowd lock up people every day don't do nothing. They just stand on the street corner minding the business. He come up and say, I'm going to arrest you. What for? Well, you ain't doing nothing. You know, what kind of deal is that? <laughs> Pressures. Listen, I think about old Humpty Dumpty. Some of you may remember that sermon. I set him right up here. I don't believe that Humpty Dumpty fell on his own. I believe he was pressured and pushed to the point he fell off. Really? I mean, it was a mess when it was over with. I may do that again someday. <laughs> I'd love to have an egg about that big. Real. 
Ostrich baby. That'd be too expensive, I wouldn't. But listen, God uses people. He uses problems. He uses pressure. I said, God does. That's what Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman, the vine dresser, the whacker, the pruner, the purger. It's my father that does that. Okay? You can't argue with God. If, hey, if the time comes to prune, it's his business. And I pray many times, God, it's your business what you do with me. Because I belong to you, it is your business what you do with me and not mine. Now, let me give you a second thing. We're talking about cooperation in pruning. There is the process, but there's also the purpose in pruning. Look at verse 5. I am the vine. He didn't say, I think I am. I wish I could be. I may be. He said, I am the vine. And you are the branches. That's us. We are the branches. He that abideth in me. That word abide means hang in there. It means to stay with it. Stay in fellowship. Don't quit. And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. I want you to look at this next statement and look at it and take it seriously. For without me, Jesus said that, you can't do anything. You may attempt it. <clears throat> you may try it. And it might turn out successful. When those people went into battle with old Gideon, it was only 300. They had done away with thousands. Because... God said, hey, if I let you go into battle with all these men, you're going to sit back and say, boy, we wore them out, didn't we? Look what, look what we done. We set them down, didn't we? No, 300. That was an impossible battle to win. But with me, you can do all things. And I put my work boots on in the morning. I pray, Lord, let me take them off this evening. I think of this law enforcement when they put on those life vests. You know, I pray they can take it off come evening or morning, whatever shift. It's protection. God uses things. Well, the purpose of pruning is, is always positive. You see, God has a purpose. For everything that he allows to come our way, he has a purpose. Romans 8, 28 says, all things, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now what good is it look like it's going to do Sam walking around with a broke arm? He can't play football, probably, I don't know, maybe the rest of the season. We don't know. Well, what good is that? I don't know, and probably he doesn't know. But God knows. And it's a process that we have to go through so many times, and it's so hard, and we think, why, Lord, do I have to do this? Same reason Jesus said, Father, please let this cup pass me. I don't want to die on that cross. But he said, whatever you want, that's what I do. You see, nothing comes without God knowing about it. You know, I got to think about those three Hebrew children in the fire furnace. God knew they were headed there. He knew they were headed there because of their faithfulness. And they went, and he went with them, and they weren't hurt. They weren't touched by the fire. 
God created the lions where old Daniel ended up in a den of lions. Somebody said he was in a lion's den. No, he wasn't. He was in a den of lions. He could have been in a lion's den and nobody been at home. <laughs> he was in a, lion, a, a, a den of lions. They were there, but they didn't harm him because God knew where he was and God took care of him. I think of Joseph. God allowed him to be sold into slavery. He allowed him to be sold. Allowed him to be in prison. But God blessed him in the end. See, God had a purpose for all of that. He seemed so unfair to take a young boy away from his family and have him be, a cap be captive. But then he arose to heights. He arose to the top. And eventually his family came and they were taken care of because of hardships, the pruning that he had to go through. I think of David and the giant. One little old pebble hit him right between the eyes. <laughs> and a giant of a man went down because God knew what was going to happen. I think of Paul and all the suffering he went through. Man, he was purged so many times it was hard to believe he would come back, but he kept coming back because he loved God, he loved the gospel, and he wanted it shared with everybody. I think of old Peter sitting there, Lord, I'll go with you all the way to the cross. And he cussed and swore he never even knew the Lord, and the Lord forgave him. He knew he would go through that kind of stuff. Stephen, what about Stephen? Preaching the gospel and was beat to death, stoned to death with rocks. Before we left, though, don't lay this charge to them. And he looked and could see in heaven the Son of God. See, God knows. He knows what's ahead of me. Nothing comes without him knowing about it. You know what I think about? I need to stay, and I hope you feel this way as a Christian. I need to stay prune ready. <laughs> prune ready. Hey, cut me off anywhere you want to. Say whatever manner you want to. You know, listen to me. Sometimes people just need to vent. Hello? And you might be the escape. <laughs> well, go ahead and help yourself. I told Michelle sitting over here a while ago, I said, I'm a doormat, and it's called welcome right on it. What do you do with that? You walk up to the doormat, you stomp your feet, you wipe all the mud, and you kick and stomp, and, and it says welcome. I want to be a doormat Christian. I want to stay prune ready for the Lord Jesus Christ, even though it hurts. It's not always, in, it's never enjoyable. Pruning is not only positive, but pruning is powerful. God always finishes his purpose uh, in life if we don't quit. Some Christians quit. They quit. They walk out on God. They think when, let me tell you something. People walk out of church and quit church. If you say, what'd you quit on God for? Oh, I didn't quit on God. Yes, you did. If you walked out of church and you quit church, you have quit on God because God said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together with as the manner of some are as you see the day approaching. What's that day? The day that Jesus is going to come back. You quit on God. You don't quit on me. You don't quit on somebody. You quit on God. We're given the option of cooperation. He says, he that abides. He that abides. He that stays with me all the way to the end. 
I think of, again, I think of Peter walking on the water and began to sink. He called on the Lord. Don't you know, in fact, his buddy said, uh, he was crazy anyhow. He knew he couldn't walk on water. Yeah, but he did. Until he took his eyes off the Lord. We can do, listen, we can do the impossible as long as we keep our eyes on God. If we take them off, hey, you out there all alone, buddy. You out there without a life preserver. And somebody may not throw you one. But the more we accept God's working, the more it will accomplish. Because he simply says, there in verse 5, much fruit. Let me tell you something. The purpose in pruning, it's positive, it's powerful, but it's also productive. It'll produce more fruit. When we get set in line and get put where we're supposed to be, uh, you see, the fruit of pruning is the first uh, uh, internal thing that's going to happen. When we look at uh, Hebrews 12, 11, you don't have to turn. It says, no one chastening, uh, now, excuse me, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. No pruning. Hey, it's not fun. It's not joyous, but it's grievous. That's what the scripture said. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth peaceable fruit. Afterwards. Righteousness unto him which are exercised thereby. I don't like exercise. Somebody says, you walk? I sure I walk. I walk from the bedroom to the kitchen. I walk across the yard several times a day. But the, and the doctor says, no, what I mean, do you really put forth 30 minutes a day real strenuous walking? Nope. Nope. Because it hurts. Have you ever, listen, have you ever seen a jogger smiling? <laughs> I mean, you know, you got, you know, you got, I've never seen a jogger smiling. I mean, his face is so, it's, her face, it's so distorted. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? <laughs> One of those radio preachers I, I love to listen to, lighten up and live. <laughs> okay. It's tough, but we've got to hang in there. That inward parts, these inward parts. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, simply says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. He says, which is the most reasonable thing you can do. And don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amazing, isn't it? Let me give you a last thing right quick. We're talking about cooperation and pruning. Not only the process... And not only the purpose, but last of all, the problems with pruning. Okay? The problem with pruning. Um, pruning is punishment, people say. No, it isn't. No, it isn't punishment. But it is for profit. It is for profit that I be pruned. That I be nurtured to the point that I produce more work for Jesus. And then he's going to put the fruit on the vine. You don't have to do that. I mean, he's I'm on the branch. You don't have to do that. All we've got to do is be, be, be ready. You see, it's not, um, it's not against us. 
but it's for us. But the world sees it as punishment. Boy, he flat reamed so-and-so out, didn't he? He chewed him out. I'm talking, he really laid it on the line. Well, I wonder if the one doing the laying on the line has ever had it laid on the line for them. A man recently chewed me out. I mean, he chewed me out. I listened to him. He got finished. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't know what else to say. I said, I'm sorry. And then he commenced to tell me about his family. How his sons turned against him. How his wife wouldn't cooperate with him. And on and on he went. And I'm thinking, he just needed to vent. I really hadn't done anything. But I was his escape goat for relieving pressure. I prayed with him. I hugged his neck. I told him I loved him. Because pruning is not punishment. It's for profit. It will relieve the pressure. We need to understand uh, that God loves us. Another thing, the world says pruning is permanent. No, it isn't. That old pyrocanthus bush every year... Every spring, it began to put on new shoots. And first thing you know, it was back up there five or six foot and, and poking and gouging at me until Mama said, it's time to trim. <laughs> it, is, it is not permanent. Don't think this because you've been pruned one time, it's over with. No, it isn't. We need to be in a constant stage of being ready to be pruned, that we can be better for the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can bring forth more fruit and much fruit. You see, pruning is done so more fruit will come. In Hebrews uh, 12, 11, that word exercise, or words, put it to use. It's a work. See, pruning uh, in order to produce more fruit. Fruit production is what pruning is all about. You notice these uh, orchards? Hey, they go through the orchard at a certain time and prune these trees so they'll produce more we do our shrubbery the same way. I have a Confederate rose bush in our yard. And every year when it's over with, I whack it down. I mean, I whack it down within a foot of the ground. And right now, it's probably 10 foot tall. It likes, it, to me, it looks like it loves pruning. You know, hey, cut me down and I'll show you I can rise back up. That ought to be our attitude. Go ahead. Vent on me. Chew me out. Write me an unsigned letter. Do whatever you want to, but I'm going to keep on rising to the top because I know there's an award up there somewhere for living for Jesus. Hello? It's important. It's necessary. I'll say this to you in, in closing. When pruning comes, don't quit. Don't turn tail and run. Hang in there. No, and you don't turn around. Listen, what if, what if while I'm whacking that pyrocanthus bush down, what if it said, you watch this, and just hit me right in the top of the head with one of his thorns? That's not how you receive pruning. You receive pruning with love and compassion for that person who's doing the pruning. It might be just their way of venting. It might be just their way of... They feel getting back even with you. It might just be they got to tell you something because you've heard them. And then finish it up by saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
You know, I probably, this would have been foolish. <laughs> I probably should apologize to that old pyrocanther bush after I got him cut down. You know, I'm sorry I had to do this, son, but you just, you know what's going to happen. You're going to just come back wide open again, and we'll have to do this again. People, we need to trust the Lord with all we have because all we have is what he gives us. You know, I'm serious. Uh, people, problems, pressure, the positive side, hey, when it comes, hang in there. What are we going to do when we stand before God? Let's suppose we've never been pruned. We stand before God. He talks about works. He talks about building on a foundation. He talks about using wood and hay and stubble. All three of those things will burn up. But he talks about also using those precious stones. The stone that the builders rejected was Jesus Christ. Bible says he came to his own people and they would not even accept him, but he died for them. You're looking at me, I'm looking at you right now. Our Lord Jesus Christ hung on a cross and died. He shed his blood for you and me. That all we have to do is say, Father, I am sorry. I accept your son as my payment for sin and God's promise to save your soul. You know something? I don't know that I'll even get home today. I could be killed in a wreck or a or gunfire. But I know this. I may not go to my earthly home if that happens, but I'll go to my heavenly home. Because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand what what you're trying to say to us or what you are saying to us. Uh, uh, you are the vine. And we're the branches. God, I thank you that you fixed it that way. And as we watch plants, trees, and shrubbery, when we prune them back, and how they come back better than they were before, prettier than they were before, producing better than they were before. Lord, help us to have that kind of attitude to be ready when pruning comes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Whatever way God might have spoken, if you're lost, listen, I beg you, don't sit there and say, well, I, I'll be embarrassed. I want to wait till tonight. Do you realize out here on this highway there'll be people killed today somewhere? who had good intentions, who wanted to get saved and put it off, I beg you, don't put that off. If you're lost, I beg you, just simply come down here this morning and say, well, I don't know what to say. You don't have to know what to say. I'll say it for you. All you've got to do is be willing to come and accept Christ as your Savior. Whatever reason you need to come to the altar, I beg you to come this morning. Just ask God's will to be done. Brother Mark.